Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise our Lord. Thank you, Father God. Blessed be your name. Thank you for the opportunity we have again to come together as your people. Father, we thank you. We thank you because we wait on you, O God, that you'll be gracious to us again. Father, your graciousness, your grace, we've come to receive. Your grace, even in the revelation of your truth, even in revelation of your word that is brought to us again by the power and the supply of your spirit, we are here again, O God. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you because your word is coming to us again this afternoon in the power of your spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, gracious God. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so I welcome every one of us again this afternoon and this evening, depending on your time zone. You're welcome to this afternoon fellowship slash teaching which I will be sharing God's word with us again. I remain your servant in God's house, Lide Odushote, bringing God's word to us from the house of God at Integrity Worship Center. And again, this afternoon, we're going to be sharing God's word and we're going to be looking at the message, Maximizing Creation and the Supernatural. Maximizing both. And I'm trusting God again that the Spirit of God will help me as God's servant and your servant in God's house to bring God's word to us. I'm trusting God that God will make my mouth like the pen of a ready writer and the word of God will be written again in the tablets of our hearts by His Spirit in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And so, our Father, we want to thank you again for the time we have together again to fellowship with you our fellowship is with the Father even from the beginning. And Lord, we are here to receive your word, to receive the truth, to learn Christ to the end that we might be properly aligned even through the gospel with all yours. Spirit of God, I ask that you will help us. Your word will be given to us again this afternoon. Everyone will hear your word and your word will richly bless our hearts. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the supply of the truth. Thank you for this transformational impact. Your word we have upon us again in Jesus' name. Blessed be your name. So I welcome every one of us as you join me again this afternoon. I want us to begin to share this message. Share with your friends and then let's begin to like and make comments as the message comes to us. Okay. Praise God. Okay, so let's take off. So we are talking about maximizing creation and the supernatural. Obviously, this will be a sequel to the message we just, uh, we, the concluded message we just had on, um, on the Christian faith. So this is a sequel to it. So, you know, in other words, this will be a continuation of that which we have just learned. For this will give us a balance or a bridge between that which we have learned. Okay, so when we learned the Christian faith, we concluded on the Christian faith as the unique kind of faith, the faith of God's elect, the faith, you know, the apostle said, if, you know, the precious faith, you know, the, 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 the faith, you know, by which you and I have access into the finished work of Christ, you know, through which we experience justification and we receive the righteousness of Jesus. And you and I, we are now God's own children. We are now citizens of God's kingdom. We are now saints in this world. We are now pilgrims. We are now strangers, God's people, the church of God, and the list continue. We have become the beloved of God, you know, you know, people of God's own family. Okay, but we are left on this earth and then to, you know, to conform to the image of Christ and to represent, to represent God's interest and advance his cause. And we advance that both, you know, in this world through which we model Jesus and then we long to win many more to Christ as we preach the gospel, you know, as we reach out, invite them, talk to people about Jesus, trusting God that the Spirit of God will get across to them. Their heart will be open to the gospel, even as our heart has been opened. And then having received Jesus and they are born again, 
they are now in the kingdom. We also want to get people discipled so that they too can, you know, Christ can be formed in them as he's being formed in us. So we have this assignment of God and we are relentless with this assignment. We are doing it with all our, with everything within us and everywhere we are dispersed, whether you find yourself, you know, whichever nation, whichever uh, environment we find ourselves, we are conscious of the fact that we are Christ ambassadors. You know, I always call that we are Christ ambassadors. We are conscious of that. We never lose sight of that as we eat, as we buy, as we sell, as we marry, as we get involved in the things that pertain to this life. We never lose sight of our higher calling, our heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. We are conscious of this privilege we have been given. Okay. But you see, when we started the message of the Christian faith, we look at the faith that is common in which you and I, as human beings, we exercise faith in creation that God has given to us. By that, we say that there is that creation that all men enjoy and we exercise our faith in God to enjoy his creation. And then we also went ahead to say that there is that which is called the supernatural in which God stepped into the space whereby you and I find our existence to do certain things that defies and they are beyond the natural laws. And we call that the supernatural. Now, what we want to look at now is that now as saints, as believers who have that unique experience of becoming children of God and we now function by the reason of the Christian faith, the unique faith, the faith of God's elect, the precious faith that we have, the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ by which we are not just saved but we are sustained and we are kept in the faith. We are kept in the faith as a result of the believer's faith that we constantly exercise you know, through the gospel that we constantly hear. Now, what must be our relationship between, you know, our relationship with creation and the supernatural? Do we set aside creation? Do we stand aloof or we are still involved with creation? Are we still saddled with the responsibility or do we still, you know, enjoy the privilege or, you know, of enjoying God's, of enjoying God's creation? What of the supernatural? What should be our relationship? Now, that is what we're going to look at hopefully today and next week. So, in, in that, we say we want to maximize God's creation and the supernatural. Obviously, as saints, as God's people, we know that our Father is the creator of all the ends of the earth. He is the rightful owner of the world. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. God is the rightful owner of all things. He is the one that gave man the you know the mandate to have control and to dominate or to you know to, to, to manage his creation. So you and I here on earth we are managers, we are in charge of God's creation by the reason of the responsibility God bestowed on us you know, putting us in charge of his creation. Okay, now we want to look at what should be our attitude towards God's creation. Now let's look at one or two scriptures again, buttressing the fact of the responsibility that God has given to man. Incidentally, you and I, even though we are Christian, but we are still men, we still have the physical body. So we have this God who is the creator of all things and who has put us in charge. Incidentally, God is not just the creator of all things. The same God who is the creator, incidentally, has also gone beyond that to share with us his very own life, his very own nature. Through what the work of Jesus, through that which Jesus did, we have obtained, we have received the gift of eternal life. And then we now have his nature. 
And God now has saddled us, saddled us with the responsibility of representing him on earth, of modeling him, of making him know, of showing forth his praises in the world we find ourselves. So that we are saints. We are not just exercising our faith in creation to eat, to drink, to buy, to sell. We're going to be doing all those things. In fact, we are not just doing that. We're going to maximize. We're going to make most of those things. We're going to see to it that we, we get the maximum value that is bestowed, that is inherent in creation to the end that we will be able to serve God effectively, enjoy creation thankfully, and share such with common men. But you see, that's not the only thing God did. God has gone ahead to share with us, like I said, his very own life. Now, those are the things we have looked at, and that is the unique operation and the unique goodness or blessing we have received in Christ Jesus, which is unique in the sense that without the Christian faith, no man can enjoy this second dimension of God's goodness in sharing with us his very own life. And you see, this dimension which God is sharing with us doesn't end with time. It's going to you know, we're going to enjoy that throughout all eternity to come. While we enjoy creation just in time and we enjoy supernatural just in time, the the other dimension in which we are talking of that, which is exclusive to us saints, is that which we are going to enjoy in all eternity to come. Now, we are saying, what should be the attitude of the saints? What should be attitude of the believers, you know, with creation and with the supernatural. What we are saying that from the scripture, our attitude should be what? Maximizing it, making most of it. Now look at it, Psalm 8 now and verse 6. Look at what God has done. Verse 6, thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. That is God and man. God has made us to have dominion, you know, over the works of his hands. And that you are now a believer or you are a Christian does not exclude you from this. In fact, what we should do is to do more, is to make most of it. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Verse 7, all sheep and oxen, yea, all the beasts of the field, all the animals, you know, distributed and spread across the globe is given under man. We have dominion mandate over them to make most of them, to replenish the earth. Nothing must go into extinction to make most of the earth to, you know, through the ingenuity of God, through the mind God has given to us, through our mental complex, God wants us to what to deal with his creation. You see, the Bible says something in Proverbs. He said, the thought of the diligent tend to plenteousness. There is that kind of thought we are putting out there. There is that kind of imagination, creativity, thinking, using our mind to deal with creation and to make most of it. Verse 8. The fowl of the air, all the birds that fly in the air, all the arboreal animals, all the you know the arboreal and those those ones that stays you know that stays on the land. God has given us mandate over all, and the fish of the sea, all the aquatic animal, whatsoever pass through the path of the sea, God has given us mandate, dominion over the works of His hand, both animate all that we have looked at and the inanimate all the resources of the earth cross the resources in the air the resources in the atmosphere all the waves sound waves light waves everything electromagnetic waves god wants us to have dominion over all the works of his hand all you know all the star the galaxy everything that you can talk of god wants us to trap all the energy all that is in creation you know, God wants us to trap everything and make most of his creation. And like I said, what should be the attitude of the saint? God will have us as saints. If there's anything, you and I must make most of it. You and I must not practice, you know, careless attitude. We must not be careless. We must not stand aloof. We must not, 
you know, practice separatism in which you are not touching and dealing with creation. It is not for us because this is the mandate God has given to man. And because in one sense, we are still men. So it behoves us to be part of God's creation now that we are saved. In fact, if there's anybody that will do it, it must be you and I. Now look at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew and chapter 5. So we are seeing something here that if there's anything the saints of God should do is to make most of God's creation. Matthew 5, 45. That you'll be the children of your father which is in heaven. For he make it just a minute. For he make it For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. So you see, the son that God has put in place rises each day on this on the what? The good and on the evil, on all. Now, if the evil maximizes creation, how much more the good? So if there is anything for us to enjoy the sun, then we must know how to trap all the resources, all the solar energy. You know, we must be able to trap it and make most of the sun and enjoy, you know, creation. And it sendeth the rain on the just and on the unjust. So both the just should explore the rain. The rain that waters the ground, that provide water for us so that we can do all that is, you know, that we use water for. We can trap it. The rain on the just and on the unjust. So for me, it will be foolish for the just not to be part of maximizing creation. Because God has given both of us, you know, both the just and the unjust is creation. So the believers is saddled with the responsibility of maximizing God's creation. But hear me, believers must not make creation part of the Christian calling. Both of them stand in different world. But you see, our Christian life, our life in the faith should inform and give us greater sense of responsibility in dealing with God's creation. How be it, dealing with God's creation is not our Christian calling. In, sorry, it's not, uh, uh, how will I put it now? It's not really what differentiates us from unbeliever. What differentiates us is how we deal and to whom we deal and to what end we deal with creation. While we deal with creation, both believers and unbelievers in the common, you know, in the marketplace or, you know, in the common arena of grace, why we all deal? Believer must know this. You and I that have this unique faith must know this. That our dealing must still be influenced by higher life that we have in Christ Jesus. But whatever we make out of this creation, whatever quantities we make, we must not use it to authenticate our faith. I will still get there as we continue in this discussion. Okay, we'll still get there. So we see there is that which God has given to all men. And God has given to us because God wants us to enjoy his creation. God wants to demonstrate his care, his goodness, his concern. The Father, God cares for man. God cares. He is a true Father that we have in heaven. For that matter, he is the Father of all creation. He is the Father of all men. But as far as salvation is concerned, as far as the believer's faith is concerned, the Christian faith is the Father of his church, his own people. But about as far as providing for all men is concerned, God of heaven, the creator of heaven and earth, is the father of the spirit of all flesh. He is the father of all men. Okay. We are still looking at this. Now let's look at Acts and chapter 14. Acts and chapter 14 now. Acts 14 and verse 15. Here was Paul still talking about God. Now, look at what he said at uh, Lystra and saying, Sirs, why do you these things? This was when where Paul healed that man, you know, while he was on his missionary assignment. And then 
on, uh, on that occasion, they were preaching, and then there was one guy that was healed of his what? Of his palsy, of his paralysis. Verse 15. And saying, Sirs, why do you these things? Because they took Paul as superhuman and they wanted to sacrifice for these guys. And Paul and Barnabas said, No, we are men like you. Why do you do this thing? Why? We are men, we are, we are, we also are men of like passion with you. And preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities. You understand? Unto the living God. Now see what this living God does. Which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that they are in. But what did he do with those things? Verse 17. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good. So God is showcasing his goodness through his creation and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons. So fruitful season is not just coming. When we plant, God is the one behind germination, growth, and fruitfulness. And even enjoying the works, you know, all creation, you enjoy the food, you enjoy, you know, you, you enjoy pleasure, we enjoy our environment, we enjoy the green, we, you know, we make use of forces of nature. It is God that makes, you know, these things, it is God that makes us to enjoy death and filling our hearts with food and with gladness. Okay, so we are seeing it. Now, if God is behind it, then I think it behoves the saints to make most of this, to make most of God's creation. Because if there's anybody who can do this well with a good heart, then it is you and I. So, it becomes unfortunate when a saint falls and and it's not maximizing. You are not exploring or deploring your creativity. You are not responsible in the marketplace. It becomes unfortunate. That's why Apostle Paul will see later where he said that if any saint will not work, will not have dominion, will not execute his dominion mandate, then such must not eat. Now look at it. We look at one more scripture, but tracing all this, first, first Timothy and chapter 6. So we are still saying, you know, the believers, we are saddled with the responsibilities of what? Maximizing, making most of what? God's creation. Now look at it. I want to, my emphasis on part B of first Timothy 6, 17. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, not trusting on certain riches. So whatever we make of creation, the Bible is saying that they will come to an end soon. They are uncertain. Riches of this world are temporal. No matter the quantities, no matter the beauties, no matter our achievement, they will come to an end someday. There is a sentence of death on them. They are uncertain. But in the living God, see where we are going, who gives us richly, all things to enjoy. So you see the benevolence of God, the goodness of God is care for his creation, for man, for humanity of all men, even animals. If you go and read uh, Psalm 104, you will see you will see the care of God even for animals. The Bible says all of them, they look unto God for what their sustainability. So God demonstrates his care for humanity, his goodness, you know, for all. And then God also showcased this, the fact that he always wants our heart to long after him through his creation. You see, when you see the goodness of God, the goodness of God should make you and I to turn to God, to long after God, not to turn things on its head. Even though in our fallen state, most of the time we don't turn to God, we make, we, we, ultimately make creation God in himself. So at the end of the day, what do we do? The means by which God demonstrates his goodness has become the end in themselves. So we begin to worship creation, creation. We begin to worship the creature and not the creator who is blessed forever. But you see in Christ Jesus, through the, through the Christian faith, there is a restoration. There is a healing process. There is, you know, there is a deliverance that God has done so that 
creation, we find it rightful place. We never make creation God. We never make the quantities of this life our obsession. We see the quantities of this life as a means whereby God demonstrates his goodness. And what do we do? We give thanks. We thank him and we take a stewardship attitude towards God's creation in redistribution, redistributing his creation, in sharing with all men and in enjoying all these things to the glory of God. Okay, so we're still looking at how do we as believers, you know, how should we deal with creation? So what we have said so far is that if there's anything that we got to do is to maximize. Now for us to maximize creation, there are two things here that you and I must know. That there are laws, there are principles, there are order, there are things God has put out there by through which we deal with his creation. And Christianity must not does not stop us from this thing. In fact, Christianity now tells us to do better. There is what is called laws of divine establishment. There is what is called the law of God in our heart, in our conscience, the laws of God. In other words, you don't need to be a Christian to be born again to know what is called respect, to know what is called rule of law, to know what is called being good, to know what is called honesty, honor, to know what is called, you know, work, labor. To know all these things, all these things are common. They fall under the laws of divine establishment. Law is the rule of law in the land by which we we have our civility, we have our nations, we have order, we have our society. All these things necessarily they they are not peculiar to Christianity. There are laws there. There are laws that govern marriage. There are laws that govern our education, that govern our society, by which we have order in our society. All these are laws of divine establishment. For instance, there is what is called, you know, there is that which is called sowing and harvest. You sow and then you reap. What you sow is what you reap. Seed time and harvest time. These are laws God put in creation. You, you plant, you till the ground, you plant with the hope that the forces of nature, which really is being orchestrated by God, we act on the seed we put in the soil. There will be germination. There will be growth. As long as we take care of it, we remove the weed that grows with it and then there will be growth with you know and then there will be growth and there will be fruit in the process of time depending on the type of seed we plant but you see these things happen because of certain laws that are enforced there are natural laws outside there for instance there is law of gravity gravitational law there is law of lift there is law of flotation there is law of aerodynamics there is magnetic law electromagnetic law there are waves there are so many so many laws out there that you and I take advantage of by which our our science operate we explore these things and we're able to make most of nature. Now, all these things God put out there that man may explore and what enjoy is creation. Let me show you something. Fast forward to something and then we'll come back here. Second Peter and chapter 3. Look at Second Peter chapter 3 and verse, um, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heaven shall pass away with great noise. The element shall meet with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are daring shall burn up, shall be burned up. Now, what I want to bring out is the works that are daring. These are the works of men. These are the things we are able to build, you know, as we explore creation. As we take advantage of you know of our mind and we engage the laws of creation, we engage bowels, we engage you know 
plants and animals, the forces of nature, the resources in the earth cross, the resources around us in the water. You know, as we explore, we make works out of this. And that we build our cities. We, we have our architectural marvels. We have our innovations. We, you know, our technology today. We are breaking barriers. We are breaking to new frontiers every day as we explore. Now, all these are part of what God expects man. And for that matter, the Christian to be involved with. Because all these are the works of God's hand. And if there's anybody that is going to make most of it, it should be you and I. Now, to make most of it, like I said, you know, we necessitate that we understand creation laws, creation principles, universal laws and principles, laws of divine establishment. We necessitate we know them. These things are not necessarily Christian in themselves. But when you are a Christian and you yield to the new life in Christ Jesus, life in the spirit enables and empowers you to make most of this law because you can readily interact. In fact, go to God, the one who is the rightful owner and the author of his creation. So, in that sense, a Christian have an advantage in creation because you can readily go to the one who owns the who owns creation, who understands how creation should operate. So there are junctions in our lives where we have difficulties in in fact in unraveling creation that we can actually go to God in prayers. We can actually ask God for wisdom. We can actually ask God and see God many a times come true for us in a supernatural way. And that will be the next thing we'll be looking at. That even as we interact with creation, we never ignore something that there is another dimension in which God deals with his church deals with you know humanity of all men and that is the supernatural but because the church the, the believer understand that the supernatural really god is the one is the one behind it then you and i can go to god because you have a first-hand relationship with him then you can go to him and ask him for help at junctions we'll get there soon so we're now saying that if there's anything the believer should make most the apostle said, it that does not work must not eat. So, we have established this. We, you and I, we've got to work. We've got to be part of creation. And so, if we are going to work, then we might as well work well. Whatsoever your hand find well to do, do it well. Do it with all your heart. Do it smartly. Be smart in your involvement. We cannot afford to, you know, to use a dull axe. You want to fall a tree. And you are using a dull axe. That's why God gave us brain. What is the brain? Sharpen the axe. Let it be sharp. Then you will spend less time and less energy. You will fall it. And God gave us brain. Why must you even use your energy of the axe? Can you make saw? Can you make saw? Can you use energy? Can you convert energy from electrical to what? To mechanical? And make saw that will move fast. And then use the you know the laws of electromagnetic induction, magnet in an electric field, and then there will be rotation and bring about rotation, and then saw can move, and then you're going to have a fast cut. These are the basis of saw mainly machines, machines, equipment, using our brain, using technology. Now, if God is behind this. Are you then telling me that Christians should not be part? No. If there is anything, we should be, you know, we should be on the forefront because we cannot cheat, we cannot cut corners. Then we might as well do these things well. We might as well be smart in the marketplace. Okay. So we're still looking at if Christians are mandated to work and to provide for their own in a way that is honest in a way that shows the fear of God in our transaction, then the only alternative we have is that we must make most of creation. Because it's just time to reason. If I can use certain resource to make, for instance, if I can use a resource to make this pen, and I'll use certain quantity to make 10, 
why out of foolishness will I make two? Then if with creativity thinking more, the same resource, the same content can give me 100, then I should think for more how to do that. If I have to pray, then pray. If I have to ask God, then ask God for wisdom. If I have to ask God to open my eyes as to be able to engage his creation laws, then I have to do that. Now, all this we are still going to look at. Okay, so we are saying the saints of God is saddled also with this responsibility. And so at this junction, I want to say this, that I don't know who you are. All of us listen to me and those of us that will still listen. If you are a Christian, you already are in Christ and you are functioning, you know, according to the, you know, to the Christian faith. It behoves us that as far as creation is concerned, we cannot afford to be second-class citizen. If there is anything, we're going to raise us to be what? To be top-notch as far as creation is concerned. Because really, the true owner of this thing is God. Even though we cannot claim exclusive ownership of God as far as creation is concerned, but we can take advantage of our unique relationship in going to Him. So, how then do we maximize this creation? What are the things God put in place? What are the things? I just run through them. To maximize creation, we require certainty. The first thing I put here is education. Educo. Educo comes from the Latin, education comes from the Latin word, exploring your latent potential. The latent potential power abilities that you know that is resident inside us. Education, formal and informal. We train our mind, we are challenged, we are stretched through education. You know, the latent potential abilities are explored. You know, the tabular reserve of our mind, in which when you are born, there was our mind is really empty. We want to store our mind with right stuff as early as possible. Right stuff, intelligent stuff, true diligent work. You know, I gathered some kids recently and I told them I really want to do something with you. Because I have come to learn that how far anybody will go it has a lot to do with education you put in their mind. And the truth is this. It's not just enough that which we learned in the school, in our former setting. While that is powerful, there is more to education than just all those things we learned in the classroom. So, we want to explore this. Education. Go for education. Both primary or elementary, you know, high school or secondary, college or university, you got to go. Depending on the space which God wants to use you, which you have seen your interest. Go for it and you see yourself that, okay, I'm going to use in this field. Then you find that first degree is not enough. Go for the second. Go for PhD. Get all you can get depending on the niche or the, you know, the area you have seen that you are going to be useful in God's hand. Never, you understand, become underproductive all because your mind is not properly challenged. It will be a no before God. You know, Jesus said, when I was thirsty, you, you gave me water. When I was hungry, you fed me. You see, if you are doing, you know, that kind of hoe and cutlass, you're just doing miniature farming. How many people are you going to feed? Can you imagine that you can do, you can do mechanized farming on a large scale? Then you can really feed a, you can feed a city. If you can feed a city with your mind exploring it, why must you stay with just feeding a house? It's a no for God. So, we, I'm going to explore. Now, the second one I have here is a skill and competence. You must get skill. Skill is not just all that we get in education. Skill comes by, you know, by training, learning from others, seeing how others have done things, you know, being on the job, learning outside the classroom, experimenting, watching, observing, training, so I put here training and apprenticeship. Apprenticeship. There are some things, area that God wants to use a man. That the way you make most of your business is you must be an apprentice. Learn others, others. For instance, you're a medical doctor and you're a surgeon. You have read the surgery or you have passed. There is a dimension of surgery that is apprenticeship. 
you will learn from the you know those who are ahead of you they will train you out to court you will watch it you have learned the theory in your books but there is a practical getting the skill knowing how to handle the blade knowing the extent you go with your blade with your suture with all the equipment so you know how to handle them you know how to clamp you know how to cut you know how to you know to join structures together there is a lot of apprenticeship that we do even in medicine if in any profession how to handle specific areas of of our thing believers must be involved in this you must not say as a believer all you are doing is praying is fasting see it will become foolishness and for a long time the church and i have been guilty of this too we have done a lot of things that we were not found in arena where we should be where we should be found we we're just saying that it's all about christian faith no christian faith as is unique oppression that god is you know what god is saying about that but what we are saying because you are still men we are still human beings residing in human body it behoves us that those things that gives us that common arena that give us the common platform believers must maximize it there is no christian water there is no christian clothes there is no christian car all human beings use the same we use the same road we use this we obey the same law of friction frictional force we obey the same rule we we operate we we drive the same we we, we all do the same and so all of us must be found in this arena in other words believers will do more work that's just what i found out because not only are you found with creation learning god and learning christ is so voluminous that's also another thing altogether that means believer you are saddled with more work and so if a believer is really going to make most of his life as a servant of christ he will do more work than a non-believer because you are not just going to be found with creation you are also going to learn so much of god and god is voluminous is the knowledge of god is so voluminous in fact more voluminous than what you learned in university even though many of us don't do, we don't carry ourselves as such so skill education training apprenticeship innovation creativity putting your mind out there we're going to do that now you know not only that you are going to be doing a lot of things that help us now to maximize the you know what we have explored with our hands and what do you, what do i mean by that you're going to learn what is called financial intelligence this is not just what you learn in the in, the, in that sense of as believer if you are going to, if you are going to if you have to attend a school you are going to attend a class where you'll be taught principle of finance learn it we've got to learn it if we are going to bring anybody to our circle to teach us, let them teach us. Principle of finance, for instance, saving, prudence, you know, being simple, investment, banking, how to bank, how to use credit card, you know, your credit score, how to do all these things. You've got to learn it at a cent. This is how to maximize creation, how to use loan, how to use out of sex fund you can't be a believer all you are doing is just to pray until god provide you must learn how to access how to access fund how to use bank how to use you know all the resources for instance land as an asset buying land, land banking real estate you got to learn everything everything that will make us to do well in creation we must learn it and that must be as early as possible in our lives okay so all this we are saints of god we are learning we must learn everything everything that makes us to be normal human being to make most of our life as human being you must learn it you must learn what it means to parent husband and wife relationship learn everything there are some things the bible did not teach us directly you will learn it in creation these are laws that govern creation and you must learn it you must not be a christian that all you do is just to get yourself stuck only to the bible you will be limited because many of this knowledge knowledge as to creation they are of god too so there are two knowledge on earth 
there is a knowledge of creation which is not exclusive, you know, which is for all men. And believers must be found there. And there is a knowledge exclusive of God which is for us as saints. You must be found in both. So we have a lot of learning, a lot of learning, you know, uh, uh, reading, you know, experimenting to do, to make most of creation. You see, the scope of this teaching is not to teach us the details as to financial intelligence and all that. It's just for you to know. So you got to get books and sometimes you, you will learn from unbelievers. You will learn from motivational speakers. You will learn, for instance, principle of planning, planning, envisioning, dream, thinking of the future, budgeting, all these things. You got to learn and go setting. These are things that has to do with creation. They are not necessarily Christian. They are creation. And because a Christian is part of creation, he must be found. For instance, you can't tell me that you're a Christian, you're not saving. You must learn to save. You can't eat all your money. No matter how small it is, start learning it. Learning, start practicing. It's not just because of the quantity of money you will have. It's because there's a discipline that you must have in knowing what it means to save. Contentment. Knowing how to enjoy it, to, to be simple in life. These are creation virtues. Being simple. Knowing how to manage resources and to make most of it. You must learn all this. All this we must learn as Christians. Okay. Now, these are all the things I will say about creation. And like I said, creation is God's way of telling us his goodness, his care, and also to prepare man's heart so that they can turn to God continually. Now, this is how much I'm going to say about creation. And let me open up the supernatural. Now, the dealings of the saints is not just with creation. There is that which is the supernatural. Miracles. Supernatural. And what do I mean by that? We're saying there is what is called the supernatural in the sense that God has not limited himself, his operation with man, to just creation laws and principles, laws of divine establishment, laws of, uh, you know, that guides our common existence. No. God, from time to time, steps into the space of man, into this world. You understand? intervene, do things that they are beyond science. They are beyond what our five senses can touch and what we can undo with our, you know, with our mind alone. They are mind-blowing, you will say. They are beyond reasoning. You just know this is God. And that will make you to acknowledge the fact that there is God. And God wants us as believers not to ignore this, but rather to maximize this again. How be it? Maximizing this is not the Christian faith. But the Christian must maximize this. I'll be able to say this again next week when, when we come again. So now let me, let me say it again. What I'm saying is that God invade the material order, the space, that he has given to us to bring about things that are that are supernatural for certain reasons. I'll, I'll, I'll mention the reasons later. The reason why God does this. Next week I'll be saying the reason, but we're going to look at how God does this. In which God steps in and then he does that which is beyond our five senses. This is not just logical. It's not possible. You can't tell me that somebody has two eyes. One eye is, you know, you know this person is blind. We know him as a blind man. And then you saw the man. Sometimes, you know, somebody was prayed for. And then, you know, miraculously, he can now see. How can you explain that? This is not scientific. But it does happen. This man is lame. This man is lame. He can't walk. And then he was prayed for. And now he can walk. He's born. He's back. He has received strength. How can you explain this? This is, this is not just, no, I can't take this. I can't believe this. And this is where man takes the finite knowledge he has, he takes it overboard to believe that there is nothing like miracle. And this is where we demonstrate foolishness again to limit everything to that. Let me say this. 
Do you know there are many things that we are using today? If certain who lived 30 years ago, if they were told those days, it's a miracle. All this phone we are using today, all this Android, all this you know, iOS technology we are using, all of them are miracle. If you look at if if somebody told us in you know 20 years, 30 years ago, and there are many things we're going to see in the next 30 years, 20, 30, you know, 50 years, that you see, there is no way we can even believe it today. They will blow our mind. Now, if that happened even in creation, that through scientific evolution, research, we are coming to certain things that were not possible yesterday, how much more? Are we then saying that God cannot do supernatural? For me, it's just foolishness for somebody to say that they don't like supernatural. Rather, believers, and I'm challenging us believers, that God is calling us into a life whereby we never ignore faith in God for supernatural. You know, the apostle will say, Covet earnestly the best gift. We'll get there next week. Covet it. Jesus said, I sent you to go and preach, and this sign shall follow you. Signs and wonders, miracles. So it's foolishness for a Christian not to believe, not just believe, but to explore. You see, we explore creation. We go to school, we learn, we do everything in order to maximize creation. Why don't we do everything that is necessary for us to work in supernatural? For God to use us. The apostles were praying. They prayed. They fasted. That God will grant them boldness to preach the gospel. And that signs and wonders will be wrought through their hands. They, they had that expectation. That miracles will happen through them. So there is such a thing called miracles. Signs. Wonders. Now why will. See on what ground did God do this? One. God does supernatural. Sometimes because God wants to deliver people. You want to bring deliverance. And the only way you can do it is through supernatural. For instance, we saw how God delivered Israel from Egypt. There is no way that Pharaoh can be, you know, you can argue with Pharaoh. You can bring any form of wisdom. You can negotiate, you know, you can engage Pharaoh. Pharaoh will not just budge. The only language Pharaoh can understand was supernatural. And God began with supernatural. Even with that, Pharaoh was stubborn. And so, God brought a lot of plagues, 10 of them. Eventually, we saw how the Red Sea covered Pharaoh. That was supernatural. God used supernatural means to deliver Israel. Supernatural. There are some things God will do that God will use creation. But there are junctions that, oh boy, forget it. It will take supernatural. It will say signs and wonders. Deliver. Healing. God heals. Hear me. There is a natural law by which we are healed. And that's why we go for medicine. That's why we learn about our body. For instance, if something cuts my hand and I can oppose the edges, either by, you know, if the, if the cut is not deep or if it is deep and then we suture it, we oppose it together, there will be natural healing because God has put in place, you know, process by which certain cells will migrate, you know, process of healing will take place and your body will heal. If, if something cuts you, you know, and then you start bleeding. There is a process in which there is what is called blood clotting. The blood will stop if you can apply, apply pressure, depending on the cut, the depth of the, the you know, uh, you know how wide the cut is. There will be clotting. God has done it. That is natural. And so I can go to natural things with us. But you see, God knows that in this world we find ourselves, Satan is on rampage. Man has fallen. Sin is here. They, see, our body is corrupt. Our body is a vile body, subject to destruction, and is decaying. But God wants us to become more like Christ. God wants unbelievers to accept his cry. And God doesn't want them to die before that. So God has also done it in the way that healing can take place supernaturally. And you and I must believe it. How be it? Don't make those things the object of Christianity. I'm going to teach this next week a, a, a great deal. Don't make those things the object of Christianity. Because this thing will take place without Christianity. Without the believer's faith. But the believer, in exercising the believer's faith, must not ignore the faith in God for the supernatural. But the believer, in the exercise of the believer's faith, might ignore Faith in God for supernatural. Some people don't believe that miracles have ceased. They believe in cessationism. 
And so they don't experience miracles. But they are still Christian. If you meet them, you will see that these people are Christian. Their lifestyle, everything, you will see that these people operate and they understand, you know, Christ-centered living. How be they despise miracles? So we're talking about healing. See, we saw when, you know, uh, uh, Naaman, I, I can't go into all the healing, I'll just mention one or two. Naaman was a leper. He was a rich guy, but he was a leper. Supernaturally was healed. And they didn't even pray for it. The servant of God just said, go and dip yourself in water. Now, for me, that's foolishness. You can't tell anybody that. Can you just say, go and dip in water and you'll be healed? Nobody can believe that, but that's it. So you begin to see that there's another dimension which is beyond science in which if somebody has a disease now, somebody is, is a lep, uh, you know, somebody is a leper, he has leprosy, there are certain drugs, there's certain regime we give the person and the person will be healed. They are cured to leprosy now. They are cured to tuberculosis. They are cured to many conditions. But the truth is this, even though there are scientific ways by which we can use drugs, take medication, the truth is this, that there is also a way by which God heals us supernatural, supernaturally. How be it we don't despise the natural way and call it any name because it is still God that has given man that, you know, that grace, that gift of being healed in a natural way. But hear me, there are junctions that we need supernatural healing. There are people that accept supernatural, they're going to die. Financially, they can't even cope. They don't even have it. They are, they are conditions that defies even our treatment. They are, they are life-threatening conditions. They are people, see, we can go into a list of things that you just know a man is helpless. Even with all our scientific breakthrough, we are still helpless. There are junctions that we just we just don't have the solution, and we need the supernatural, supernatural healing. There is such a thing like that, that is called supernatural healing, provision. God provides supernaturally. Hear me, the apostle said, if anybody does not walk, he must not eat. God wants us to walk and eat, but the same God has provided supernaturally from time to time. We saw Israel when they left Egypt, and they were in the wilderness. God provided for them supernatural. Manna was supernaturally provided. Quails came supernaturally. The Bible said their feet did not swell. Their sandal did not grow old. So what of their clothes? That was supernatural to keep them for 40 years. Even 40 days of the same shoe, 40 days of the same clothes. How much more 40 years? How did God do that? But do you know when they got to the promised land, the miracle cease. They had to start working. They had to start laboring. So you're going to see there are occasions that God just know the only way that you can be bailed out is what? Is supernatural. There was a king at that time, King Asa. God had to rebuke him because he went to doctors. He didn't see God's face for his healing. Is it King Asa or Ezekiah? One of them. Bible says, as if there is no balm in Gilead. God, see, there are conditions in our life. God wants you to trust him for supernatural healing. God wants you to be prayed for. The Bible says, is anyone sick among you? Let him call on elders. Let them pray for him. Trust God for healing. There is still healing. Okay, provision, protection. There is such a thing that is called supernatural protection. God protects. The Bible talks about how God protected his people as they left Egypt. I remember Ezra. When Ezra was to a back on the journey, he fasted and prayed and God protected him. One of the things I believe the church of God must trust also God, trust God for is supernatural protection. There is still what is called supernatural protection. Even in these days. He said, I will keep your going out and your coming back. I will preserve it. God wants to preserve our going out. He wants to help us. Why must we die before our time? We have work to do here. Supernatural protection. Supernatural victory. You went for a battle. You went for a business deal. And God gave you victory. You knew the profit in this business. This is not just ordinary. This is God that helped me. How did David kill Goliath? The people that had the strength, that had the size, they were afraid of their lives. They couldn't face Goliath. This boy alone, who knew that, you understand, not only did God save with sword, God also saved without sword. He didn't have sword and God saved him. How did David kill Goliath? That is just like a tale. But it's not a tale, it's a, it's a reality. And God is speaking to us. That the Goliath in our life, the Goliath of sin, the Goliath, you understand, 
of sin and depravity that none of us can save ourselves. Christ is our champion in David. He has come to save us. We saw, deli- we saw victory over, over sin in Christ. Just like, you know, true God, David recorded victory over Goliath. That's supernatural. And God is still doing it today. Supernatural promotion. God promotes. God, he said, he takes the, the poor out of the merry clay and set them among princes. God is doing it in tomorrow. God promotes. That was a promotion does not come from anybody. It comes from God. While somebody needs to have his papers right, and you grow through ranks, you know, you grow through that order and ranks and fire, you grow through like that. But let me say something. There is also promotion. I remember watching, and I'm just going to stop at this junction. We'll continue next week. It's, our time is fast spent. Let me just share the testimony I watched. I was watching this American God's talent. Is it American or British Britain God talent? And what is this lady that was one of the audience that came and they had the interlude, uh, all the... Um, panelists, uh, the judges were out. They went out to relax. But while in that uh, interim of uh, that interval, then these ladies and sat, they came to the city, they started singing. They just started singing, you are trying to play. And then when the judges were coming, one of them just had one lady singing. Ah, who is this? Now, this lady did not do no auditioning. She did not come for American Got Talent. She did not come for nothing. She just came to what? One of the audience. They had her voice. That's how they invited her. Come, come. They just brought her to the stage. Blood this. Encourage her. You can sing and things like that. She said, I didn't prepare for this. They encouraged her. She sang. The whole, the whole auditorium went agog. In fact, she sang so well that they gave her a boozer. Now, this is somebody that, did, for me, I, I just, I said, this is supernatural. This is divine. See, what some people spent fortune and training and everything to do they didn't even approve. This one just came, just like David and Goliath. David was told to go and supply cheese to, to go and look at his brother's welfare. And then you saw how God brought him out. See, God does things till tomorrow, and he's still doing it. Now, I'm going to be next to where we come. You will see that believers must not ignore the supernatural, but we must not make this the object of Christian faith. This is not the object of Christian faith. Christian faith stands on a different ground. I will be giving you that balance next week. Because all this one we seize. Prophecy we seize. Miracles we seize. But the Christian faith and what it has come to achieve will never cease. Not in time, not time to come. Christian faith continues to all eternity. But miracles we seize. Prophecy we seize. But this one will not cease. But you must not ignore prophecy because God is using it. Just like God is using creation in the now, He is using the supernatural. And so I want to challenge us, brethren. There is what is called the supernatural. There is what is called the creation. Make most of it to the glory of God. Take your medical practice, your business, everything God has sent to discern it. Don't rest on your oars. There are more lands to conquer in business world. There are more land to cover, to conquer in your career. There are more to do for God. It's not about you. It's about the master. There are more books to write. There are more songs to capture. There are more things to do. There are more to do with your children. There are more to do with, see, for the master. There are more. I will be continuing this thing next week. This is how far I can go. The Lord will help us. The Lord will give us understanding. The Spirit of God will come true for us. The power of the Spirit of God will envelop us. We will walk in signs and wonders. In the name of Jesus, demons will see us. They will bow in the name of Jesus. This is it. And then you'll be saying next week, for this thing to become a reality that God wants you, you know what he did? He gave us his name. He gave us his name as a blank check. Use my name. I'll be teaching this next week. The Lord will help us. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. You have called us into this pres- in this present time to make most of your creation and to walk in the supernatural. You know what it says? Is you, you told us in your word that we should come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain your help. And many a times when you answer us, you answer with terrible things in righteousness. We believe you, O oh God. We believe that through this teaching... Things are about to change with us, with our finance, with our lives, with our children, with the people we minister to in the name of Jesus. Healings will take place. 
Cancer will disappear. Growth will disappear in the name of Jesus. And as they hear my voice, Lord, the voice of the Lord thunders in the name of Jesus. It breaks the cedar of Lebanon. Every cedar of problem, of disease, whatever they are, cancer in the body, you know, they break into pieces in the, in the name of Jesus. And God's people are set free. And healing come. Healings come in the name of Jesus. What is not possible with us is possible with you, Lord. New cells in the body, new organs, organs rejuvenation, kidney cells repair, cancer cells disappear, liver cells grow, things change for your people, hypertension disappear, diabetes disappear, pancreas, you begin to walk normal in the name of Jesus. Things begin to work for God's people. It's a new day for us. It's a new day for us. We will walk in signs and wonders. We will make Jesus know. We will demonstrate his goodness. True creation and the supernatural in the name of Jesus. Bible says, despise not prophesying. We refuse to despise prophecy. We refuse to despise the supernatural. We walk in these things and we triumph and we make Jesus known. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the blessedness that you have given to us. Thank you because you have saddled us with this responsibility of preaching the gospel and to preach it with signs and wonders. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. We will make most of creation and we will never ignore supernatural. We will make most of both to your glory, O God, that your assignment may prosper in our hands and while we continue our advance in the Christian faith. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise God. Okay, this is how far we can go. So sorry, our time. Uh, I want to thank everyone joining me again today. Among me, that's my wife, Pastor La Joshua. Thank you. God bless you. Those of you who joined me today, thank you so much. Uh, let me see if I can see many more. Wow. I know Tessina was there. Dio Lawrence, Ibrahim Barakat. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for joining me and many others I can't mention now. We just have to go. Okay, so let's share this message. Let's make comments. Send it to your friends. Okay, it, you know, it promises to be another powerful time as I, we come again together next week. We come, keep making most of God's creation as saints of God and keep maximizing supernatural. Never ignore it. Never despise it. God is going to come true for us. And God is going to come true for somebody through you. For they gain not the land by their strength, but by his outstretched arm, by his might, they got the land. And you going to get things that are beyond you. Promotion does not come from none. It comes from God. Promotion will come for you. Come to somebody. Miracles will come. Supernatural will come. Healings will come. And you're going to minister to somebody and they, they're going to see the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Stay well. Stay maximizing God's creation and stay in the supernatural. Keep believing. Keep expecting something massive coming your way and keep ministering that to others. I remain your servant in God's house. Like the Thank you for joining me. God bless you.